0: Eric wants to know how long it should take to find a business to buy. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the broadcast, podcast, YouTube channel, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place, I talk about interesting things i talk to interesting people and i answer your questions every week right here so be sure to hit like be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it hey so i got an email from eric and i i cut and paste it onto a uh cut and paste it onto a, a word document here so i could blow it up on the screen for those of you watching on youtube Eric writes, Dave, so I recently realized that I've been shopping for a business to purchase for about a year and a half and still no luck. Is this normal? In that time, I've taken your business buyer course, spoken with about five lenders, spoken to probably a dozen brokers and a couple of sellers, but can't seem to get anything going. What is the average amount of time someone shops for a business? Is this supposed to be this hard? In my mind, I'm a great buyer, I have good credit. An adequate down payment. I'm educated about the process and motivated to get the deal done. Any advice on how I should proceed from here? Thanks, Eric. So this is this is a great question, and um, I'm so well. I have mentioned about this topic a few times before, but um, I sent a follow up question to Eric. I said, I said, what are you doing to find a business? to which he replied that he keeps his eyes on the online business for sale marketplaces, of which there are several big ones. And he also mentioned a couple of the websites of some of the big chain uh, business brokerage that have many offices around the place. So Eric is doing what I would call the, probably the most passive track of finding a business to buy because what he's doing is he's waiting for things to become available and to be actually advertised for sale. And you might think, well, isn't that how a marketplace works is people who want to sell something, advertise it for sale. And so let's think for a minute about a small business and a small business owner and their perspective on things. Okay. So if I own a business and I decide one day I want to sell, um, maybe I've been receiving promotional messages, advertisements, et cetera, or phone calls from a broker, right? So I know that there's such a thing called a business broker and that person is going to, is there to help me sell a business, right? But I also know it costs money to use a business broker. And so what a lot of business owners will do is they'll think about who might I know that might want to buy this business. And if we can do a deal without the broker, then I'll save money, Okay. So it's very hard to tell exactly how many businesses change hands. And I've talked about this before, but here's the problem is that if a a business is sold through a share sale, then the government knows that there's a corporation of some kind um, and then paperwork gets filed, which changes some of the directors, but the corporation is still there. It's not really recorded that the corporation was sold or the shares were sold or you know, here in Canada anyway, um, on your federal tax return, it gets recorded that there was a change of shareholders. I mean, those guys might have that data. But if it's a provincially registered corporation, um, the corporation just gets a notice that there's a change or the province just gets a notice that there's a change of the directors, right? And so um, it's not totally evident, even from the government's point of view, if a business has been sold in a share deal. In an asset deal, um, you could have a corporation or an LLC in the States, which might sell all the assets of the business to a buyer um, who creates their own entity to buy those assets. And then the first entity might be, might be wound up, or the first entity could be the recipient of, a, of a payments under a seller note, and it may have to keep running until the, the note is finished. So from the government's point of view, they have an LLC or a corporation operating, and then a new one is started. So they might count that as, as a growth of the number of businesses out there. They might call it a startup, in fact, right? Even though in reality, a business is being sold. So we don't know exactly how many businesses are being sold, but there are estimates and guesses from people that are in the market. And one of the numbers that I consistently see thrown around is about 80% of businesses change hands without any kind of intermediary. And so if you think about family succession and you think about deals within an industry, um, I mean, I talk with people all the time about deals that are getting done. A lot of them, there's no broker. And it could be that a business in a given industry is, you know, they met someone through some kind of trade show or industry association and they're going to buy their business in the next County, right? There's no broker business is still being sold. So the business owners Who go to the broker, why do they? There's a couple of reasons. Number one, some of them may not be able to find a buyer on their own. So they think, well, now I better go talk to the business broker, maybe they can help me. Number two, some of those business owners may feel that the broker can get them a higher price, right? I know when I was a business broker, I used to tell uh, business owners that I had a good chance of creating competition amongst buyers that could help sell the business at a higher price, which would more than compensate for my fee as a broker, right? It's a totally legitimate idea, totally legitimate plan. So some business owners may feel that they can get more for their business if they go to a broker. When the business broker gets the listing, when they, they meet that business owner and they prepare everything, the business broker then has, a, has to deal with a question. What do I do to sell the business, right? And so the broker's job is to market the business for sale, find a buyer. The broker is also motivated to try to do a deal as quickly as possible because often there's a commission, right? And so the faster the business can be sold, the more quickly the broker can get paid. And so business brokers want to protect the secrecy of the listing. They want to protect the integrity of the business they have for sale. They want to sell the business quickly and they want to try to get as good a price. You could argue that some brokers might be conflicted between the two goals of the highest price and the quickest sale. You could argue that. So an interesting dynamic takes place. A a business broker is going to wonder, where am I going to find the best buyer? And a lot of them, if they've been around for a while, would have a list of potential buyers. Some of them might broadcast to their entire list of buyers that they have a new business for sale. I get, I'm on some, several of those email lists myself. So I'll get an email from a brokerage. It'll say, hey, we have this new business for sale and come take a look. There's other brokers and I know I'm on their list, but I haven't seen an email from them in months and I know they're doing deals. So they're not doing the email blast, right? So what are they doing? Well, some of them are putting their businesses up for sale on these online marketplaces that Eric mentions. We know that. Some of them are going through their lists of buyers, picking the right person that they think might be an adequate buyer for that particular business. I was recently on a a group Zoom call with uh, Ted Leverett, who's been on my channel before, uh, and there was another broker on the call, uh, Eric Meyer from out on the West Coast from Washington. And one of the questions I asked for of Eric was, do you list everything you have for sale on these on these marketplaces or do you keep some of the listings hidden? And his, brokerages, his brokerage keeps some of the listings hidden. If you want to find that video, go to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, and um, you'll, you can find it's an embedded video in one of the blog posts. Um, he, he said, no, we don't list everyone for sale. There are certain businesses where we're really, they're great businesses, but we're trying to protect those the confidentiality of the business. And we will only show that listing to somebody that we know is qualified that has an adequate down payment, et cetera. So let's get back to Eric's Eric's question. So in Eric's comment, he says, I have good credit and adequate down payment. I'm educated about the process and motivated to get the deal done. Eric knows it. So my question is, do the brokers know it? Right. And so what I've seen over the course of time is that If you're gonna go the broker route, if you're gonna wait for things to be put up for sale and you wanna crack at buying them, then you have to be marketing yourself to the brokers so that they know that you're a serious buyer and that you're motivated and you wanna get a deal done so that you're one of the people that they go to when they have something that might be coming up that's good for you. Now here's the other problem though, is that remember the broker is trying to create a competitive environment. The most ideal situation for a broker is that there's more than one buyer that wants to buy a business. That's gonna drive the price up and hopefully make the process shorter so the broker gets paid more quickly. And ultimately that's what the seller wants, right? It is the highest price in the in the quickest time frame. And so if you're gonna go the passive route where you're going to look at websites and wait for something to come on the market that you can buy and rely on brokers, you actually have to do what is sometimes called center of influence marketing, where you find the right brokers who you know are qualified brokers that are doing a good job. So so what does that mean? It means brokers that have done deals before, that understand the process, that are setting expectations in the mind of the seller, letting them know what is a likely what a deal is likely gonna look like and who are going to recognize a good deal on a well-priced business and then say to that seller, look, this is a good offer. You should do this deal because we don't know if we're going to get another offer like this, right? I, I recently ran across a broker down um, in the South, in the US Southeast, um, who said that it was his job to try to find the best deal, the best offer he could, and then convince the seller to accept it. And I thought that was a, an interesting spin on, on the broker's role uh, because, of course, he wants to get paid and oftentimes if a seller has overinflated expectations, this is one of the barriers to selling a business. So a good broker, a qualified broker, is setting expectations, making sure the seller has a realistic price point in mind and knows what the terms are likely going to be. So Eric, my recommendation would be if you find those brokers and make yourself known to them and continuously remind them of your presence, okay? You always wanna be reminding them that you're there, you're looking for something. But let me ask you a bigger question. What is it that you're looking for? So you mentioned here that you did Business Buyer Advantage. So in Business Buyer Advantage, I talk about why you want to have a specific understanding of what business is for you. So if you know the type of business you want in the industry that you want, this is is the amazing thing. You can then go out and look for them, right? So if you knew, for example, you wanted a machine shop in Florida, you can get a list of machine shops in Florida, which means that you can open yourself up to doing direct outreach to contacting those people that own businesses. And when you do that, you are likely going to meet a lot of people who have no interest in selling. That's fine, right? If something happens in their life that makes them want to sell, remember what I said earlier? Why do people go to a broker? Cause they don't know anyone who wants to buy their business. Well, those people now do know someone who wants to buy their business because they've been in contact with you. And so a lot of the people that are in my business buyer adventure group coaching program, a lot of the work that we do there is on deal flow. And that's what we're describing here. Deal flow is making sure that there's a regular flow of new opportunities coming through the door to look at. Because if you're in in a space where you're not seeing a lot, what can tend to end up happening is that you end up in this mindset that A good business to buy is a rare thing. And so as soon as you see a business that might look okay, you chase it because you're worried that you're not gonna get another opportunity. And this is the setup to potentially doing a bad deal. If there are lots of things coming across your desk and you're getting to look at a lot of opportunities, you will then learn that there are a bunch of things that I can look at. I don't have to take something that's just okay. I can pursue a deal that is really making sense for me on a really great business. And that's the place where you want to be. And so this is why a lot of people that are looking for a business will use the broker channel, but then they'll actually start to to branch out into direct contact, reaching out, searching for a business to buy by making contact with the owners of, of particular businesses. But it comes back to knowing what you want. And so in Business Buyer Adventure, or Business Buyer Advantage, one of the things i talk about is the difference between window shopping and grocery shopping when you go to the grocery store you have a list of what you want you can specifically go and find those items when you're window shopping you're looking at what's available and the danger in that is that you keep getting drawn to from one industry to the next you're not able to focus you're not able to learn it takes time every time you look at one of these deals and you have to learn what the conventions and standards are in that industry If you're only looking at one type of business in one industry, you can become an expert in analyzing those businesses. So let's get back to the first question though, that Eric asked, because he said, what is the, and he says, I've been looking for a year and a half. Is this normal? What is the average amount of time someone shops for a business? So um, I can tell you that um, I have known buyers who have been looking for a lot longer, Eric, for the right deal. And I know other people who very narrowly define what they're looking for do a lot of work to reach out to the owners in those businesses and get to look at multiple businesses every year. Like I know one business buyer right now who's probably looking at 10 new businesses every year, he's not doing 10 deals but he gets to see them. He's got deal flow going because he's been working this field now for a couple of years. He keeps sending out communications. He's now getting invited to talk to other people to speak at events about this. And so his deal flow is continuously generating new opportunities for him. And so it really depends on what you're doing and how hard you're working it and how focused you are. Um, I've had other people who've spent years looking for a business and then one went up for a listing on it with a broker and nine weeks later, the deal was done and they were waiting for the right deal. They knew precisely what they wanted. And as soon as that opportunity came up, they jumped on it. So don't feel discouraged. Really don't. And and this is one of the reasons why when people ask me, should I quit my job and search full time? I almost always say no, because it can take a while. It can take a while, especially if you have some kind of limitation you're working with. Like if you're limited to a certain geography because of family or, or your spouse's career or something like that, it can take a while to find something. Don't be discouraged. Keep up the good work. Find qualified brokers that you know do a good job with the people they represent. Make yourself known to them and keep reminding them that you exist so that when they get something that might be a fit for you, they want to reach out to you. Okay. And if there's a specific type of business that you want, start conducting your own search. It can, it can help expedite this process and there's nothing sweeter than being able to do and work on a deal with someone and not have a bunch of other competing buyers um, circling around trying to make their own offers. I hope that helps Eric. And uh, for anyone else out there, who's looking at buying a business and you want to learn more, Um, head on over to businessbuyeradvantage.com. Business Buyer Advantage is where you're going to learn about my online course, which Eric took, and about my coaching program, Business Buyer Adventure. For those who want a little bit of extra help in working on all this stuff, the group meets a couple times a month, and we have expert speakers that come in and talk with us. And there's now a a backlog of, of group calls, getting close to three years worth of material in there now. That, uh, that you got access to when you join. And so with that, we'll say thank you very much and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, good luck, Eric. Bye. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me, learn how I work with my clients. You can learn about my books, courses that I prepared for you. You can also find out all about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there all for free and I'd love for you to be my guest.